Hey guys, I want to tell you about a new fantastic sponsor for the show, iTrust Capital. Now, iTrust Capital is the number one crypto trading platform for IRAs slash 401ks, as well as physical metals on the marketplace, as trusted by over 1,300 views on Trustpilot. And you guys can get a free month by using promo code LIONS with iTrust Capital. Now, if you're not familiar with iTrust Capital, they are basically a platform where you can trade your Bitcoin plus 22 other cryptocurrencies. They have 23 total and are adding more every day at the lowest transaction fees, then put them in an IRA account, which has massive tax incentives. If you're not familiar with IRAs, basically it's a way to save money for your retirement, wherein you're not going to get dinged later on by pulling that out with the taxes that Uncle Sam likes to levy on you. Now, not only that, but like I said, whether you have long-term gains, short-term gains, you're going to have really low transaction fees with iTrust Capital. So you can get in there, you can trade your different cryptos and have yourself a fine time while knowing that your assets are safe. Because these guys are backed up by Coinbase, uh, Coinbase Custody, as well as Curve, giving you security, giving you peace of mind. Now, the other thing that I want to mention is that they're completely transparent, right? They are also able to uh, help you out with a free insider's report on Bitcoin and crypto IRAs. They give you everything you need about fees, security, 24-7 access. And like I said, you can get one month free by using promo code LIONS. I trust capital, promo code LIONS, get one month free, get in there, get your 401k IRA going with your crypto assets. Make sure you're not left behind. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. What's up, fuzzy chipmunks? Welcome to the show. I am Brian McWilliams. This is Electric Liberty Land, and I have successfully returned from Las Vegas despite all of the hurdles thrown into my way by the Biden administration, vaccine mandates, canceled flights, and everything else. But uh, yes, I did make it back. Didn't have to hitchhike. Didn't have to suck any more dicks than usual. You know, so all good things. All good things. All in all. Didn't have to, you know, show my leg on the side of the highway. Although I think we can all agree. If there's one thing about me that people really should get behind, it's these dancers legs. Because I got them in spades. I mean, they are ah, beautiful. Anyway, as you can tell, probably by my eyes. I, uh, yeah, still feeling it. It's going to be a good. My equation that I use, by the way, for hangovers. And I think this stands true. I don't think it's, I think it's inarguable. And you find this happens as you age is when you go hard in the paint and I went hard in the paint, you know, I was up, I was up late drinking all day, drinking whiskey and all this stuff. Cause I was in Vegas. If you don't know, I went for Jason Stapleton's bachelor party, good buddy of mine. So big congrats to him getting hitched out there. It was a, a lovely affair or so you would think, cause I actually missed it because of the same Southwest airlines delays. I got in raced through the airport, raced to the hotel, raced through the hotel just in time for everybody to be walking out of the ceremony, which was poolside, and uh, just in time to get a picture with the bride and the groom, <laughs> right right as they're getting ready to wrap up and leave and they're taking family photos. So yeah, good times, good times. It was a good time though. So anyway, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I am fucking tired, but have to do the show. The show must go on. And uh, even though I missed that one show when I was laid out with not COVID. 
supposedly. Um, I do not want to miss any more shows if I can avoid it. So I want to talk about this whole Southwest issue just to kick things off because the funniest thing is that Southwest Air is saying or was saying, maybe he'll maybe he's changed his tune by the time this is coming out, but Southwest had been saying that none of this had anything to do with COVID, right? None of these delays. And at this point in time, there's been like, I think 2,000 some flights canceled, stranding people in any number of locations. And there was a couple at this wedding that was stranded. Their flight was canceled. No new flight out until Tuesday. So they had to stay at least another day. And I'm not sure how much more time today. Uh, Hopefully they got on that flight for Tuesday. But I don't know how many other people were stranded across the country. Um, You know, like I said, there were people trying to call in Southwest Airlines phones. The phone lines don't work anymore because so many companies scrapped their phone contact during COVID, uh, including, I remember I was trying to call, uh, I think it was the IRS or something like that. Couldn't get through Leave a message. We'll call you back. Go through our website. We'll call you back. Horrible. Horrible. So I will say maybe this, maybe a silver lining to this Southwest thing will be that uh, they'll have to up their customer service game. But the funniest thing is Southwest Airlines saying that, oh, it was uh, because of weather. Oh, in Jacksonville, Florida, there's a, uh, you know, an air traffic controller and a few of them got sick, and you know how things just just steamroll. You know, it's a, it, they snow and ball downhill. So, long story short, that's all horseshit. <laughs> Complete fucking bullshit. And this is, in fact, a sick out. This is in response to the vaccine mandates. And specifically, what I was reading uh, from a great newsletter that Howie shares with us sometimes called The Five. Uh, I should really reach out and see if they want to come on the show sometime. But... This is from, this is what they're reporting. A friend texted, they're in the airline industry. Yesterday, 668 airline flights were canceled. By the time I went to bed, they are estimating 1,000 to 1,400 canceled today. Well, I don't know why. They told their pilots and flight attendants they had until November to get jabbed. So now they have to use all of their bank vacation and personal time or lose it. AKA, if they if they want to quit, go to another job, go find another airline, whatever it might be, somewhere they're not going to get mandated to get the, the vaccine. They have to use all that vacation time, all that sick time, right? Because they still get paid for it. Otherwise, it's gone. And the off-duty crew are not picking up trips to cover it. Jacksonville ATC, airline traffic control, walked out too. And Milwaukee air air traffic control is expected to follow today. There is no weather. Southwest just wanted to tell you the real, real reason why. That is pretty much exactly it. There's no bad weather in LA. There's no bad weather in Vegas. There's no bad weather in Florida most of the time. So this is the fallout. And frankly, I hope it inspires a lot of other industries. And yes, it's going to be short-term pain. And yes, it's going to suck for a lot of us, especially if you're stuck in Vegas. But I would have accepted that, of course. Um, You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So hopefully this will reach up to the Biden administration who has dismissed it, right? Jen Psaki has been dismissing this as, oh, some sort of small kerfuffle, but not only are we going to have a lot of other industries get inspired by this, say, you know what, fuck these people, we can do the same thing. Not only that, but also there's two sides of the coin as far as reaction, right? First side is going to be the people that got vaccines and not got mandated that said, oh, well, you know, these people are being selfish assholes and they're screwing me over. Yeah, fine. Those people are expected to do that anyway. And in fact, they're expected to react 
to anybody not getting the vaccine and going along with them. And I'm sure most of these people have a world mindset that you should just do what you're told at all times. So these are the people that are probably not going to be reached in general. So they don't really matter. The other side of the coin is people that realize what's happening, that realize that this is going to be a bigger deal than they thought, and that this has to be aided along, if anything, because this none of this would be possible if the government didn't install this fucking vaccine mandate for companies over 100 people. None of this would be happening if not for the Biden administration superseding its authority, even if the even if there's some precedent, right? And the people will argue, oh, well, there's precedent. It's totally constitutional to do this, right? Because we've had these types of things in the past. Hmm, bullshit. Should it be constitutional in the first place? I would argue not. And again, the Constitution is not the end-all be-all. Just because something's written in a fucking old piece of paper does not necessarily mean that it is correct. The progressives will tell you that, right? The aggressives will tell you that these things have, have always been wrong. They must be changed. You know, these things written in the Constitution mean nothing anyway. So why should we accept? Michael Bolton's also good on this, pointing these things out, even as he uses the Constitution. We all know the Constitution is not the end-all, be-all. But I just love the fact that these people just can't, you know, <laughs> the, the mainstream media that was literally on the hunt for every single time Anybody in the Trump administration misled them, uh, misspoke, miswhatevered, right? They would call them out and they would say how horrible they were and how, God, they missed the good old days of press secretaries being truthful. And then you've got this lying shit up there. And they're all lying shits, mind you. This lying shit is up there. Just eh, don't worry about Southwest. Don't worry about all these people that are revolting against our, ma our vaccine mandate. Nothing to do with it. Ah, oh, brush it aside. Mainstream media says nothing. Goes on with it. Just really pisses me off. Um, other thing, and by the way, it's going to be a more rambling episode. I uh, being out all day yesterday. Again, I was I was also delayed yesterday. By the way, I was delayed like two hours coming back. Um, so got in, got in. It was late. Ate ate dinner, went to bed, and then uh, today I had a lot of catching up to do. So not as prepared as usual for this show, but that's fine. When am I ever that prepared? The other thing I want to talk about, though, is Columbus Day, right? Yesterday, uh, well, actually, Monday, I should say, not yesterday as the time this airs. But on Monday, it's Columbus Day. And now they're saying, oh, it's Indigenous Peoples Day. And you've got the GOP saying, no, it's still Columbus Day. I don't know why the, I don't know why they care so much about it being called Columbus Day. I don't know why anybody really cares about Columbus Day in general, frankly, unless you have a statue in your town and you want to protect that statue. And maybe that's what it's all about, not taking down statues. But I will say, on equal footing, I do think this is all a bit stupid. I think the entire movement to say, oh, well, these things like, for example, there were atrocities that happened in the past, right? And there's nothing to say that these things were good, that these things were justified, that these things were not evil, right? Mass murder is always evil. But at the same time, I always think about how, you know, it's like liberty goes along with a culture that emphasizes liberty. And I don't think you can have a culture wherein private property rights are, are respected, wherein you could have mutual trade, where you could have a non-violent non principle if you don't have a culture that it gets to that point. And frankly, that goes along uh, for many ways and many with many purposes towards economic stability, towards having a, a culture and a society that's evolved, that's stable. And when you have these kind of old school regimes, when you have these dark times where people were battling tooth and nail for resources, where you did not have so much access to things at your fingertips, violence was far more of a way of life. Uh, violent, aggressive means 
to gain property, to gain valuables, to gain uh, substances that you would use for living and or profit were in fact far more likely to come from uh, those violent actions than they would be from a bartering. At the same time, bartering existed. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that violence should be forgiven or violence is not evil, but I do think contextually, it doesn't make a lot of sense to look back, you know, 500 years in the past and say, well, that was evil. And thus we should condemn this uh, this man, this Columbus, because he was an explorer that happened to also partake in a little bit of killing, a little bit of killing here and there. Because frankly, when I look back at history, it's all killing. It is literally wall-to-wall killing. Everything is taken by conquest. Everything was taken by subjugation. I mean, if we're going to hold up a moral candle to history, you might as well blow the fucking candle out. And maybe that's what these legresses have tried to do. Maybe that's what various people have done over the past. You know, there's always history is written by the victors. I'm sure the history that we know is far bloodier than what people would like to give us any indication or would like to let on. But point being, sorry, my dog's inside behind me. Can you Point being, I don't approve of going back and trying to tear down the past simply to make some sort of point in the present, which I don't think is going to really change any minds or mean anything other than to give people a small little victory that can tout, uh, you know, they can, you know, political means political power is far more to, to thank for holidays that we have. I mean, honestly, when I look at indigenous people's day, right. We don't get the time off, right. Columbus day, you got off in school. I guess they get schools, get it off. The government workers get it off. Thanks politicians. <laughs> Banks are closed. Right. But otherwise, it's not like the everyday person gets it off. It's not like the everyday person is has anything specifically to celebrate in that day. Uh, it's not like it's only basically to say, "Hey, y'all, you guys, feel bad, right?" That's what Indigenous Peoples Day was about. It's it's literally, a, I mean, for the for the most part, they'll say it's created to celebrate Indigenous peoples, but considering the fact that you put it on Columbus Day, <laughs> there's, there's not a way around the fact that this quote-unquote holiday was created specifically for the purpose of shaming white people. Now, I'm not saying you can't do that. I mean, I'm in public relations. Pretty much every day, from hot dog day to free pretzel day to kiss your mom day to whatever else, Valentine's Day, all of these things, as I said, they're not created out of some divine purpose. You know, they're not passed down with us like commandments from God. They're created by people and they're created by people with a very specific purpose. And that purpose is to influence you into believing one way or the other, or to vote one way or the other, or to be inherently thankful for one thing or the other. Right. I mean, Christmas, we get off because it was the church. They pushed this through. They had control and power in the government. So they want to make sure that people could go to church on Christmas. Why? Oh, because it's the birth of our savior. And that's when they get the most money. So there you go. We got to keep Christmas. Got to have off and you got to make sure to pay people during Christmas so that they have the money to give to the church. You look at the 4th of July. You look at I mean, 4th of July is the founding of the country. I understand why that would be a holiday, but still so many other holidays. The holidays thanking our service members. And I know I have a lot of listeners that are service members. And I made this point before and some people were, you know, giving me clap back about it. But, you know, Memorial Day now 
is more of an insult than it is to actually legitimately thank people fighting and dying for the country because they don't really fight in any legitimate wars for the purposes for which they signed up for. They are simply cannon fodder for the elites and the powers that be that are out there. They want to use them to continue the military industrial complex to force America's point of view, which again is for profit for who? The people at the very top of the food chain. As has always been, as will always be, the same people who create any holiday are always very rich, very important people that have a lot to gain from creating that holiday. Now, this holiday, you say, well, who who's the, you know, the beneficiary of it? Well, the indigenous peoples, I guess, uh, are what? Happy for the pat on the back? I mean, I was reading this fucking stupid CNN article about people. You know, oh, thank God for Indigenous Peoples Day. They're indigenous people. To that, I shake my head. Number one. I'm not thanking, if I'm an indigenous person, I'm not thanking the U.S. government for fucking shit. The U.S. government has treated me like garbage. It is, you know, complicit in the massacre of my people. It's put my people on reservations, kept them there. There's a huge amount of alcoholism, of depression, of violence on these reservations. Now, there's been some reparations paid, I guess, in the way. If you want to look at casinos, want to look at certain rights that they have. But for the most part, it's hard for me to say as an indigenous person that I should go, oh, thanks, government, you're great now. Okay, I was forgiven. It's just clearly a tool. It's a political tool for the Democrats to say, look how great, look how woke we are, look how wonderful and forward thinking. And we're going to do this thing that no one else really thought to do before. Right. And the other thing is not only because of the, the, uh, the things that happened to these people in the past, but also I just can't stand it when anybody is thanking the government for something as meaningless as a day. Thanks for the day. Nor that I should get any sort of pleasure nor justification of who I am, of what I believe in as a person from an entity as evil, as idiotically badly run, badly conceived, and currently badly in debt and still complicit in violence the world over, including at times violence against its own people, as we see with this vaccine mandate. And I wonder how many indigenous people are vaccinated or are objecting to being vaccinated. Anybody? I mean, I I really don't know. I should have looked up the numbers. I didn't know where this rant was going to go when I started it. Thus is the beauty of Electric Liberty Land. But I do wonder if on Indigenous Peoples Day, they got an exemption from the vaccines because I highly doubt it. I I think most of the people that probably lost their jobs were being forced to get a vaccine in order to keep them. And I don't know if they're forcing casinos and they're, you know, they've got hundreds of employees to get vaccinated or not. I don't know if they have that right. I don't know if constitutionally or legally they have that right. They possess it or if that's something that's not included because they don't have the the, uh, authority over those reservations. I just don't know. But I just think the concept is just, I mean... You can have Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, you can have any day. But just I just want people to remember, it's just a day. And it's as meaningless as any other day. And I don't say that as somebody that is... I am very fond of all the Indigenous people of this country. But please, I beg of you, do not take this crumb and think of it as some giant morsel that is being given you out of anything other than self-interest from the government and the cronies run it. Uh, Speaking of the government and the crony, the head crony in charge, I am loving, loving the Go Brandon memes going around. I think it's absolutely fucking hilarious. And if you don't know what the Go Brandon meme is from, it's from Joe Biden. And uh, no, sorry, not Joe Biden. It's from a NASCAR race wherein a reporter was interviewing a man on the or the guy who won. And I don't know. I don't follow NASCAR. Some guy. 
<laughs> let's call him some dude good at driving cars. So some dude who's good at driving cars in circles <laughs> was on. He's being interviewed. And this reporter in there, you can hear very distinctly in the background a cheer of fuck Joe Biden. And it is repetitive and it is very obvious. You can hear it very clearly like crystal uh, right in the back of this interview. And the reporter, I don't know why she even thought that this was a good idea, but the reporter goes, oh, what's that? I think the crowd is chanting, let's go, Brandon, because the driver's name is Brandon something. Brandon something who, who could drive a car well. I think that's his full name. So. That has now become something that is being chanted in college stadiums, in NFL stadiums, and on T-shirts, and on the internet, and it is delightful. Almost as funny as the White House dubbing over a, uh, what was it? I, I don't think they were saying fuck Joe Biden at the congressional baseball game that he showed up to, but uh, they changed it to, we love Joe. And the <laughs> literally the guy who was typing out the translations at the bottom of the screen, they put in parentheses, you know, for like the uh, the deaf people, the close captioning. They put in parentheses, we love Joe over and over again instead of, you know, fuck. How do you do a quick edit there? I mean, weird, weird uh, tech issues today. It never fails, by the way. Never fails. Whenever you're tired, kind of in a rush, that's when the tech issues always happen. User error, some will say. All right, coming back to the show. Real quick, uh, let me tell you about... Nomad Network, which is a fantastic thing. I gave you the wrong Earl, by the way, last time. I got confused because <laughs> I got another email. We got another Earl, whatever it might be. So I want to tell you about the Nomad Network, guys, which is the best app I've seen for networking, especially for the libertarian population. And I told you about my buddy's wedding, Jason Stapleton. You need to check it out. It's from him. And he has done a fantastic job designing a service that is for free. You can go to www.nomadnetwork.app forward slash lion and get in there and get your free access to this wonderful world wherein you can post jobs, where you can find jobs, where you can have discussions about business, about, uh, you know, other topics as well. But primarily, this is a networking app designed to make you better, to basically enable you to succeed with what you're trying to do. Everybody's got different goals. Love it when loud-ass assholes on motorcycles drive by the house right during this. Everybody's got different goals, right? And that means that you need to find different people that follow those goals, that share those goals, that have a better knowledge base than you to learn from, to get advice from, to collaborate with and for. And this is the perfect place to do it. So go to Nomad Network, www.nomadnetwork.app forward slash lion. Get in there today. Download the app on your phone. Start getting in there. I'm in there. Mark's in there. John's in there. Of course, Jason Stapleton's in there and many of the libertarians that I know. Uh, so yeah, guys, don't stop yourself from succeeding. Get in there today. Now, it's going to be more important to do that because... Right now, Uncle Joe, big Joe Biden episode because he keeps doing the worst, shittiest things. Him and Gavin Newsom. By the way, Gavin Newsom just signed a bunch of unbelievable garbage. And that's like, you know, all these crazy regulations into effect. And apologies. I will talk more about that probably next show, uh, which I think I'm going to have Mark and Remzo Martinez on, by the way. I believe we're going to do that next week for a show that we're going to talk about the revelation on one that there's a new gay Superman. <laughs> that's my dog shakes in the background like an asshole. There's a new gay Superman. So we'll get into that with them because it ties into their second print podcast. 
and uh, a bunch of other topics. But yeah, Gavin Newsom, man, so, I hate him so much. And it's just unnecessary regulation that uh, makes everybody's lives worse and nobody's lives better. But they get to waggle their finger at people and say how good they are and how wonderful they are as people. Just like the Indigenous uh, People Day people, you know? <laughs> but remember, it's all for our benefit, guys, even though it typically hurts us as consumers. Um, yeah, but anyway. Oh, and a side, side note. Well, let's, let's mention Mark's podcast. You know, we've got the boring podcast uh, the boring show, the boring podcast, whatever you want to call it. Just remember B O H R I N G. And, uh, we, you know, we're having fun with that. Great show. Trying to promote it though, because it's completely on PC, completely unfiltered. We say horrible things about horrible people and, uh, have a good time doing it. And I'm trying to promote this fucking show on Reddit, right? And I've done Reddit ads before tying into topics, right? Cause I could go to, you know, have it run in a forum for whatever. So. I'm trying to do it, tying into a show called The Bonfire, which Big J Okerson's on, who's, of course, also on uh, the... God, I'm going to fucking strangle my dog if he doesn't lie his ass down in a minute. Hank, lie down. God, you're annoying. Thank you. He's a lot, yelling at my dog, you yelling at my wife on this podcast. That's the two things. So anyway, Big J Okerson, who, of course, is on the podcast with Dave Smith... And I'm trying to promote this thing, right? So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll advertise it on the on the bonfires group. Those people probably are NPC. They probably like our type of comedy. Let's try it. Reddit rejects the ad, and the ad is very simple because they re- have rejected ads in the past, right? You know, couldn't spell out asshole even an asterisk, right? Now this is for Reddit, which was was a wonderful community, right? Reddit used to be similar to Twitter, a place you could go, have fun, say things, uh, pretty much unfiltered, because each. Each uh, little sub-segment had its own moderator, right? That kind of kept things more or less civil. But civil meant no massively racist statements, you know, no no crazy flame war shit where you're telling somebody you're going to hunt them down and murder them in the street. But pretty much you were left alone. Now, Reddit has become a Nazi playground. And by Nazi, of course, I'm referring to the authoritarian-style Nazis, not the ones that they tell you are lurking around every corner and hiding in your bushes anytime you go onto a college campus. So now it has become awful. It's an awful place and it's really become so much less fun than it used to be, just like Twitter and every basically every single social media platform. But we are now told when I tried to run an ad and the last ad said something like a podcast you don't want to tell your mom you listen to or something like that, right? A fairly innocuous statement because I'm trying to be a little bit cute, but also get approved. Rejected. Run another one. Says you'll hate yourself for listening to us. Rejected. Why? I ask myself. And I also type back to Reddit and they say, oh, we're going to let you know. Hold on. We'll review it. And then they close the ticket and never get back to it. This has happened two fucking times now trying to promote this podcast. So all I can think is that we have been canceled by the assholes who are over at Reddit, whatever fucking woke ass bullshit moderators they have over there running their ads because they said running an ad for our podcast would be breaking the rules against they have, they have against, uh, I don't know, promoting offensive content. So apparently our show is so offensive. It's too hot for Reddit. So there you go. What a, what a fantastic ad for the boring podcast, literally too hot for the fucking cunts over at Reddit. And, uh, Oh, I can't, he's not supposed to say the C word, I guess on YouTube, by the way, that gets you, uh, gets you shadow banned too, but I don't give a fuck. Reddit suck my dick. And uh, go listen to the boring podcast, guys. I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> a lot of fun stuff on there. So coming back in, though, Joe Biden has, you know, put forward this 
absolutely ridiculous demand wherein he wants to have the government, by virtue of the IRS, go through and look to any, and this is a, this is a proposal that hasn't been approved yet, but he has a proposal to give the IRS basically a straight pipeline notified by your bank if you make a deposit of over $600. 600. And any transaction, by the way, not just deposits, a transaction, a transfer of money, uh, a withdrawal of money, sending $600 to a friend with the Zelle app or whatever you might use. And they want to do it for PayPal and everything else too, right? So the idea is that they want to be able to track the ins and the outs of the money going into people's accounts. Now, maybe you could say, well, you might want to do that for people that are under active investigations, but don't you need a warrant to look into my banking account otherwise? Don't you need some sort of reason, criminal reason to, uh, to look at my money, to track what I'm doing and where I'm spending all of my personal fucking income? And at the end of the year, you already demand that I showcase this information for you by sending it to the IRS and my version of a tax reform. That's not good enough. Because now they want to make sure that there's not too much money coming in that they don't know about, right? That, or that there's not too much money that people are trying to hide from the prime government. And they'll tell you this is just because they're going after the real rich people, right? If it's only for the real rich people, why are you worried about people sending $600 or more? Where did this number come from? Because that certainly sounds like money that you could track and probably is roughly around what somebody would be getting paid if they're getting paid under the table and you don't get to tax it. You know, now that I think about it, yeah, probably, probably right around that, you know, minimum wagey area where somebody like an illegal immigrant or somebody that just doesn't want to declare the taxes on their tax form might get probably right around 600 bucks, huh? Funny how that works out that they give themselves the justification to look into every single person's bank account for virtually any transaction that's over, I don't know, a minimum pip of an amount. It's absolutely fucking atrocious. So that's one. Write your Congress people and tell them no way in hell. But who knows? Uncle Joe seems to have crazy ideas. Senile old bastard. Um, by the way, it's going to be a short episode. Yeah. Like real short. Um, I lost a lot of time with that fucking tech issue. It's really pissing me off. My fucking microphone. I kept saying no input selected. Go through, click all the things. Certainly was an input selected. This microphone. Then, uh, yeah, wouldn't acknowledge it. All right. What else? Let's do, uh, let's do a couple idiots of the week. God, I keep forgetting to get my, my little jingle that, uh, was created by, uh, Josh Anderson over at the uh, the very famous, very important Tower Gang podcast. But I don't have a queued up yet. Um, this is another one. A another one of Gavin Newsom specials, right? Gavin Newsom, who I hate so much. I had talked about this bill that some progressive asshole in the uh, the California Senate had put forward. And this was a bill designed to make big box department stores. Right, make them create a gender-neutral section for kids. Because apparently, going in and buying things in the women's section—if you are a boy and you're, uh, you know, you're transgender, or your parents are telling you you're transgender, or you simply have been encouraged to think you're transgender by the pop culture's phenomenon that is uh, overtaking the culture right now. And that's fine. And again, if you're transgender, I don't fucking care. Be, be transgender. I don't care. But this kind of shit is ridiculous. So now they're going to make big box stores 
reconfigure their whole departments just to have a section where 0.001% of the population will feel very, very comfortable. Now, this is not only going to be annoying for that purpose, right? Because that's the one purpose. And I'm sure they'll put a bunch of gender neutral stuff in there. But the problem is, what if you're going shopping and you're looking for very specific things and now they fall into the gender neutral section or the main section. And now you have to wander around the whole store trying to figure out which section to go to wasting your time and let's not forget making a huge hassle for these big box retailers that now have to go and redesign the store and create new signage and put it all in. I mean, it's just such an unnecessary step to cater to, as I said, 0.001% of the population to force this kind of change. I mean, it just is ridiculous, ridiculous. And the fact that you have people sitting around Elected officials sitting around, and this is the policy they're focusing on. Because what? One per did, did one person write them and say that this was an issue? You know what I hate? I hate going into Target and having to go to the boys section for some things and the girls section. And I have to tell my kid, well, that's for boys and that's for girls. What if there just were no boys and girls? What if I could just go to one section and buy it? Meanwhile, your fucking kid probably wants to dress as a girl or wants to dress as a boy. So at the end of the day, there's still going to be stuff, right? Because they're not saying eliminate it all. That would be unbelievably confusing for parents trying to buy shit for their kids. They're saying only some things are going to be in this gender neutral section. So you still have to go to the women's section or the men's section and the gender neutral section if you are, in fact, a parent trying to buy for a transgender child or a transgender child trying to buy stuff. It is fundamentally stupid. This entire thing is fundamentally stupid, and yet it is in the brand new sign, you know, brand new uh, slate of regulations that Gavin Newsom has passed now. Because thank God he survived re-election, right? He, he his recall. He didn't get recalled, so now he's like, well, I'm going to go on a uh, signing spree. All the stupidest shit. Clearly. If 64% of the population votes for you, and which probably wouldn't have happened necessarily if Larry Elder wasn't on the ballot and it was just some random Democrat, piece of shit Gavin Newsom probably would be gone. He'd probably be out. But such is life. So now this fucking nepotistic turd of a man is signing in all the worst progressive ideas that have ever been introduced. I just, <laughs> I'm just flabbergasted by it. <laughs> flabbergasted. Oh, God. But yeah, so like I was saying, it's only certain things that are going to be in this section. The law advised dividing clothing and other products into boys and girls sections, but they must also include the gender neutral section. And this is, let me see, the bill was written and championed by Evan Lowe, a Democrat state assemblyman representing California's 28th district, Silicon Valley, of course, where all the best and stupidest ideas come from. You have the best of tech and the dumbest of culture and policy. Quote, we need to stop stigmatizing what's acceptable for certain genders and let kid be kids. Which, by the way, kids will just be kids in general without parents getting in the way and telling them what the shit is. My hope is that this bill encourages more businesses across California and the U.S. to avoid reinforcing harmful and outdated stereotypes. Stupid. Just stupid. Anyway, um, getting back to another idea of the week, and then I'm going to wrap this shit up, is... Another change for the sake of change, right? So a regulatory change for no real purpose, but 
New York City is trying to get rid of its gifted program, right? The quote, gifted and talented program. Now, this might get put right back into place because the incoming governor likes the gifted program. He's a black man, and which is ironic because the outgoing governor, de Blasio, he said that this is based on racial inequality, right? And that's why they had to get rid of the gifted program because everything's about equity now, remember, and not equality, which everybody's equal as far as who gets into the program, which is literally done by testing people. Uh, typically, uh, the gifted program was aimed at finding people that have the higher IQs and then giving them a more, I guess, creative slash strenuous program that encourages them to think a little bit more, to learn a little bit more because they can learn faster, et cetera. And if you aren't gifted, you know, there's nothing wrong with you necessarily. Let's not, not try to make it so that it's like, oh, the dummies over here and the smarties over there, which is what these people are saying. But they make it racial. I mean, it literally is the dummies over there and the smarties over here. <laughs> I was a gifted. But my point is, I can see why that would be a benefit, having a program that, you know, you say, all right, if these kids are a little bit faster, right, they're sitting in class, we've done the research, they're bored sitting around, and in fact, they respond better to more active stimulus, which is what I would think as somebody who is often very bored in school, uh, but yet could get fine grades. I understand the idea for the program as we've been, you know, experimenting with for what's got to be what 30 or 40 years now. But the reasoning behind getting rid of this is what pisses me off because none of this is ever based around sound research, sound policy. It's all about making people feel good, right? They got to feel good that their kid isn't the dumb one in the class, that there's not certain kids that are scoring higher in this test that they take. And, and again, I don't know. You could argue with the means and how they choose these kids to be in the class, but the idea behind it is fine. Why don't you tinker with that rather than scrapping a program that is helping create the best and the brightest during a time when we have lowering IQs across the board, when we have a dearth in new people coming up with creative motives and maybe blame public school as a whole for that, blame culture. When we do have a problem with kids having attention spans, when we do have a problem with kids checking out, when we do have record high failure rates, maybe some of these kids would benefit from a program like that rather than a race to, I don't know, the mean. I mean, that's what it seems public schools focusing on now, right? That's why you see across the board, people getting pushed up. They're not getting rewarded for success. They're in fact getting penalized for being too successful while the people that are at the bottom are getting gifted passes to go forward to, uh, to get Bs when they should be getting Ds. And in the midst of this, right, in the midst of these, and we have uh, like ample data, on the fact that schools across the board are lowering their own standards in order to make graduation rates look better, in order to keep people happy, in order to make teachers and parents happy, right? The teachers don't have to work quite so hard and the parents don't have anything to complain about because their kids are going forward and going to college and getting in debt and then going to schools where they can't handle the topics because they haven't really learned anything. It's not like we don't have a problem with basic reading levels in this country, which we fucking do. It's not like all the standardized testing scores nationwide have been going down, which they are. The solution here clearly is to simply make everybody dumber, simply like try to emphasize making everybody even so the outcomes are better, at least on paper. Right? Meanwhile, as a country, we're just having less innovation, less creativity, less incentivizing of people to be creative, to go out and make something, to get inspired. I mean, God knows you don't want to inspire children anymore, right? You don't want to push the boundaries of these kids. Let's keep it very dull, very oatmeal, and very milk toast, and allow them to simply simmer in the lukewarm bathwater of their dumber friends. 
I don't know. I just, I, I, I really am fed up with this race to the bottom type of shit that's going on through culture and through education right now. Uh, it's very upsetting. But what can you do other than try to get these people out of office that are pushing forward this crap? I mean, de Blasio is on his way out. Like I said, the incoming governor, um, Adams, hopefully he puts it right back into place. But if so, that's also annoying because then you're just yo-yoing this shit back and forth. You're trying to make kids, okay, pull them out. Now put them back in. Now we got to get the whole infrastructure up, put it back in. It's just idiotic. And if we had more school choice, you could pick a school that has a gifted program. You could pick a, a school that has nothing but gifted programs, which exist out there. Different charter schools have different teaching methods. As I talked about last show, you know, I would want the opportunity to put my child somewhere where I thought that they would thrive creatively, 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 my own fucking gifted brain stroking out over here, creatively, intellectually, depending on what they're interested in. Okay. Your music centric school. Great. My kid learns in a visual manner. Maybe the school's got a more visual curriculum, whatever it might be. I'd much rather have that than a public school that is now eliminating the best route forward or one of the routes forward for people that are more intellectually curious, more creative and need more stimulation. Otherwise they're just going to sit there, probably check out cruise through high school, getting B's go to a middlings college and they may end up successful. They may not. Then again, they don't need to go to college. Maybe the best thing for these kids is to be so discouraged. They drop out of high school and find their own way in a different business. And by virtue of that, become more, far more successful and more, far more intellectually stimulated just by finding shit on the internet and creating their own path that way. That might be the best way forward for all of us, frankly. I just don't know. Now I have to edit together this shit, which is going to annoy me because I had to stop and re-record such pain in the ass. Oh, you know, it was a good pain in the ass though. Matt McKinley over at burning daylight. Check him out guys. I am going to uh, end this show here so I can rest my, as I like to refer to them, my dried out butthole eyes after a, a long weekend in Vegas. So that's going to do it. Go listen to the boring podcast, subscribe, leave a review and help me fuck Reddit in the ass. And then, uh, of course, also join our Patreon. You get my good morning fuckhead rants. You get Degenerate Gamblers, where you can hear the full story of what happened over the weekend at uh, Jason Stapleton's wedding, or at least my version of it, with all the uh, the funny bits therein that I have not mentioned on this main show, because, hey, that's pricey content. So go to patreon.com forward slash lionsofliberty or lionsofliberty.com. I'm sorry, lionsofliberty.locals, and you can join us there. Uh, all right, that's it. From me, Brian McWilliams, from Electric Liberty Land, and from Lions of Liberty as a whole, always stay plugged in to Liberty. And goodbye, hit the button. Hit the button.